0: And welcome to the 33rd episode of the very unofficial AICP Study Guide podcast. I am Jonathan Miller, and thank you so much for joining. So, it's a good thing that we are breaking into the Great Depression, which is probably a statement that no one has ever actually said. But, anyways, it is a good thing because there's a lot of content here, and it really limits having to jump around too much. Now, why is this good? because my way better half and I are going on our annual vacation to San Diego on the 28th. And I don't know if I've mentioned, but we lived there for like a year, and there's a ton of places there that I just love, and we like to soak it all back in once a year. So we'll go to Balboa and Coronado, you know, La Jolla, my favorite place, probably like in the whole U.S. that I've been to, the Cabrillo Tide Pools, uh, and hiking in Kayamaka. Uh, we're also going to fly up to Portland to spend a couple days around Portland and Vancouver. So, I'm actually really bringing this up because if anyone has any suggestions on stuff we should do while we're in either of these places, let me know because we love doing new things and so I'm always interested to find out like what other people like ab- uh, about these places. Anyways, last week we talked about the changing of the guard for transportation to the almighty automobile. Uh, the first Federal Aid Highway Act in 1916, the first modern parkway in 1919 with the Bronx River Parkway, and the first regional suburban shopping center that was oriented around cars, the Country Club Plaza Club Plaza in Kansas City. As we all know, though, our reliance on automobiles can be somewhat depressing, but not as depressing as October of 1929 when we hit a pretty damn low point with the start of the Great Depression. So, to kick it off, it makes sense to look at the question, what was the Great Depression anyways? The Great Depression, not your normal quarter-life crisis or midlife crisis. Uh, it was the biggest economic dip in history and it didn't just affect the U.S. either, it was felt worldwide. It lasted almost 10 years and started in 1929 with the market crash of 1929, and within four years, the U.S. GDP was cut by almost a third, with industrial production cut almost in half and unemployment reached 20%. Uh, That's one in five people. Uh, For comparison, the Great Recession was the second largest, but the GDP there was only cut by a little over 4% and unemployment hit 10%. So take that into account and then compare that to the Great Depression. That was like way worse. So what caused it? We know that the housing market collapse caused the Great Recession in the 2000s, but what about the Great Depression? The answer? No one knows, really. I'm kidding. Or not. Uh, No one apparently agrees on all of the factors and to what degree they all played. But, generally speaking, everyone kind of agrees that there were four major factors that contributed. One, the stock market crash in 1929. Two, bank runs and increased interest rates. Three, the gold standard. Yes, the gold standard. So when all these people today are like, "Oh, all this inflation is because we use a fiat currency. Just politely remind them that uh, the gold standard prevented the Fed from issuing credit and creating liquidity, which subsequently exacerbated the Great Depression. Uh, And four, decreased international lending, mostly because the increased interest rates was prohibitive to lending in general. Basically, no one wanted to spend money because they didn't have any. And interest rates were sky high because we had to maintain a gold standard. And if we lent out more money, we wouldn't have the gold to back it. So buying on credit wasn't going to work either. Plus, since prices were consistently getting lower, it made more sense to just hold money if you had it. Because 10 bucks today could buy way more stuff tomorrow. Because of the decreased lending and decreased buying, demand for international stuff wasn't going to happen either, so that's how globally we all got rocked. It seems though that the market crash of 1929, aka the Great Crash, really kicked off the decline. So, what exactly happened there? Well, in a tale that's like extremely reminiscent of the Great Recession and the market today, Here's what happened, and this is taken from history.com, so I am not exaggerating or making anything up. You will be able to see how tangential it is. You've heard of the roaring 20s. There's, like, theme parties and crap that revolve around it because, you know, the 20s were such a carefree time. Well, it was carefree for a reason, because no one cared about repercussions, and the stock market rapidly shot up based on a lot of speculation. And then in August of 1929 the shit started to catch up. Construction was slowing down, industrial production slowed, sales were declining, probably because people in general had started to amass a lot of debt based on easy credit and carefree speculative spending. A couple economists at the time saw the writing on the wall, and they tried warning people. And after some spurts of, you know, selling and decline, banks started issuing large-order buys in the stock market, to bring back the, you know, air quotes, market confidence, but it wasn't enough. So on Thursday, October 24th, uh, Black Thursday, as it's called, 12 million shares were traded and the whole stock market dropped 11%. Friday was a little more modest with only a 6% drop. And then on Monday, October 28th, that's called Black Monday, it dropped another almost 13%. And then on Tuesday, October 29th, you guessed it, Black Tuesday. It dropped again with the largest sell-off at 16 million shares. By Wednesday, that's it's just Wednesday, the market was down another 12%, and then there were even some shares that people tried selling and just couldn't because literally no one was buying. From there, it was basically game over. The decline continued for years until 1932, when it hit its lowest point. And in mid-1933, it finally began to recoup. The financial markets weren't the only thing booming in the 20s, though. Agriculture was, too. There was lots of rainfall, there were easy winners. In 1930, though, that went kaputski. 1930 was exceptionally dry, and then continued to be for basically the rest of the 30s. You probably know it as the Dust Bowl era. Basically, the dry conditions wouldn't allow anything to grow, but the fields were already plowed, so instead we just got a bunch of dry dirt and topsoil that ended up blowing around in high winds like the sandstorm in the desert. Uh, We had a bunch of dust storms in the Great Plains. Anyways. The influx of rural residents to cities during the prosperous Roaring Twenties, combined with the beginning of the decline in agriculture during the dry conditions in early 1930, or the beginning of the Dirty 30s, don't look at me, that's, that's just what it's called. These events combined to create the motivation for the Secretary of Agriculture at the time to put together a National Conference on Land Utilization in 1931. That you need to know for the AICP. Together with the Association of Land-Grant Colleges and Universities, the Chamber of Commerce of the U.S., and some others, they came up with a plan, a list of 18 recommendations to reestablish agriculture. These included administration of the public domain, i.e. all of those grazing lands owned by the federal government out west, bingo. Uh, protection of watersheds and school lands, agricultural credits, uh, you know, C-C-A-U-V credits uh, over here in the Midwest, Uh, expanding the Department of Agriculture to build on forecasting, the inventory of land resources and classifications of soils, better management of homestead acts, and moving marginal lands to the federal government, Uh, states imposing an income tax, regulating land development, studying the suitability of lands for specific agricultural uses. Uh, They also recommended to stop the process of reclamation, uh, i.e. stop creating new irrigation projects, uh, try to improve marginal lands or remove obstacles to making these marginal lands profitable, Uh, the federal acquisition of certain lands, soil conservation, uh, classification of lands, decentralization of industries that one's sort of out of the blue hold regular conferences on land utilization and create national committees on land use we're going to end up revisiting those later though so that wasn't you know all for naught Uh, but back to the main issue today though the utterly failing financial markets So, remember the market slide that started in October 29 and continued into 1932. The National Conference on Land Utilization met in Chicago in 1931 to talk about the effects of the Depression and the droughts on agriculture and possible solutions there. But what about, like, literally everything else? The commercial segments were crumbling, and if you remember from the earlier part on the Depression, There was a severe lack of financial liquidity, meaning there was no money to lend because of high interest rates, uh, bank runs, and having to tie money to a gold standard. I mean, banks were just failing out and closing doors all over the place. So the federal government stepped in, but you need to understand the structure a bit before we go there. So, the Federal Reserve, otherwise succinctly known as the Fed, Uh, We've talked a lot about the Depression, if you've noticed, (laughs) and have yet to really talk about the Federal Reserve. And that's because they didn't do much of anything. In fact, it was intentional. There was a train of thought at the time that the best fiscal policy was to lower interest rates during growth and increase them during market contractions. And extremists of this belief system thought that centralized banks, uh, aka the Fed, should allow banks to fail so that the system could grow back healthier. So that's what they did. And to their credit, they did acknowledge their mistakes later on. Anyways, the Fed was also limited in that it could only really supply loans to banks that were members of the Federal Reserve System, and not every bank was. Hell, not every bank is now. But Hoover, President at the time uh, and Congress noticed that the Fed was, well, sucking terribly and so they passed the Reconstruction Finance Act in 1932. This act ultimately created a new institution, the Reconstruction Finance Corporation or RFC, and they could lend money to banks and other institutions that provided money to industrial railroad and agricultural uses because the Fed at the time wasn't actually allowed to. And that's why the RFC is known as the Discount Lending Arm of the Federal Reserve. But what about homeowners? Or renters trying to get out of the renting game? There's no liquidity for them either. In January of 1932, relief came to the financial institutions and farms and industry, but just, you know, no love for the people and housing. But then, in July, the federal government finally came through when Hoover signed the Federal Home Loan Bank Act. Now, this act was designed to provide liquid funds to banks to lend out for mortgages to stimulate the housing market. I mean, this was the Depression, right? The banks had no money from the bank runs in 1929, and everyone who lost a job, which was 20%, remember, they were defaulting on home loans. So, what to do? So, how did this act help? Well, it created 12 Federal Home Loan Banks, or FHLBs, and gave those banks $125 million to distribute to basically any financial institution who issued mortgage loans. Savings banks, building and loans, co-ops, whatever. As long as these funds were going to mortgages to stimulate housing, that's all that mattered. And with the federal government finally stepping in, the road to recovery had started. They probably didn't know it then though, although maybe, I don't know. But July 1932 was the official rock bottom of the depression because in 1933, FDR is elected and the New Deal gets underway. Well, that was sad and depressing, like greatly depressing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> For a quick recap, uh, send this episode to whoever thinks the private market solves everything. I mean, I'm, all right, I'm kidding, sort of, but not really. Eh, whatever. We covered the beginnings of the Great Depression, especially the event that stakes its claim as the official, unofficial start of the Great Depression, the stock market crash in October of 1929. Then, we talked about another setback to the economy with the historic drought in 1930, and then pivoted to talk about a few actions the federal government undertook to try and get us out of this shit mess, like the National Conference on Land Utilization in 1931 and the 18 recommendations they came up with. Sounds mundane, but like I said, you will see where those end up going in later episodes like... The Taylor Grazing Act, the Agricultural Adjustment Act, the Soil Conservation Act. It really set the stage for a lot that is, you know, yet to come. And then we talked about how the Federal Reserve dropped the ball. So the federal government had to initiate some sort of liquidity for people. So they passed the Reconstruction Finance Act, which created a system of lending out funds to institutions that weren't eligible under the Fed like agriculture, non-member banks, industry, etc. And then finally, at the end, last, relief came to some people in the form of the Federal Home Loan Bank System, which created a way to pump $125 million in mortgage loans out to the people. Well, thanks again for joining me. Uh, If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me at the very unofficial AICPguide at gmail.com, and I will do my best to help out if I can. This week, it sounded like a lot, but this is really just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to this time period. Uh, The Depression kicked off a whole era of federal government involvement, which would impact planning for, well, ever, including now. And this is a good example of why I think this stuff is important. We need to know how and why the events led to what they did, to know how to not repeat it, which we apparently, you know, collectively suck at when you consider the recession in 2008, or just look at what's going on right now in the housing market. Anyways, for those who tuned in last week, our question was, what event really kicked off the mass adoption of the automobile? The answer there would be the moving assembly line developed by... That innovation led to much cheaper cars, cars that were affordable to anyone, and everyone wanted one. Uh, I know that doesn't relate too much to the AICP, but it will help you remember that everything having to do with cars really happened after 1908. If you want to play along this week, our question is, what was the main reason for the Reconstruction Finance Act and the Federal Home Loan Bank Act, and what year were those passed in? That was a little bit more complicated. Anyways, uh, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you use for podcasts. And feel free to sign up on the show's website so you can follow along with future episodes, help prepare for the exam, and supplement all of your other study regimens. And share this out with any planners you know. And don't forget to leave a review either. And don't forget to email me with any suggestions for San Diego or Portland and uh, Vancouver. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Tune in again next week as we finally get to FDR and a slew of actions that uh, followed to try and ease the depression. Thanks again, everyone. Till next time.